the first kind of question is, what is it worth right now? And usually we take that on an NOI basis or the potential of NOI. And the second question is, what could it be worth? And so what could the NOI be? And then the third question is, what's it going to take to get in between A and B? Welcome to the Wealthy Mind podcast hosted by Alex Kalarinko and a good friend of mine, business partner Ashish Sanan. We are two immigrants who've come from humble beginnings to work in the Silicon Valley high-tech industry for many years, only to realize that we were trading our time for money on W-2 jobs in corporate America. Being laid off, downsized several times, watching our stock market portfolio lose significant value during each recession, paying high taxes was very frustrating. But we always knew there was a way out. Through a passionate belief in growth wealth mindset, we took massive action, started investing in commercial real estate and left our high-tech careers to build passive income with syndication investments. And now we help others like you to learn, grow and build life on your own terms. Hi everyone, uh, welcome to Wealthy Mind Investment Show. I have uh, uh, another guest, uh, Daring Hang. Daring Hang is uh, located uh, out of Oklahoma. I'm sorry, out of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, he he started his journey uh, uh, as a realtor. He was going to be a broker, and then he switched gears and became a real estate uh, investor. He's also a syndicator. Uh, he's successful at uh, amassing a pretty large portfolio and helping others along the way. He has invested in a dozen uh, plus syndications, and he also uh, uh, expanded into triple net uh, commercial space. Uh, Darren, please uh, welcome. Uh, to the show. Uh, thanks for having you uh, join us today and share your uh, real estate investing journey. Please uh, tell us more. How did you get started with uh, real estate and why did you switch from being a real estate uh, bro- a broker agent to investor? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So in 2016, I got licensed as a real estate agent and I was primarily thinking that I would be in the residential space. Uh, just because of the books that I read, also TV shows. We love HGTV. They uh, kind of over-romanticize the the whole entire uh, uh, the profession. And so I was thinking that my path and progress was going to be an agent, then build out a team, then maybe own a brokerage someday, and just kind of amass uh, on the residential side. But Um, It wasn't until 2017 that I picked up my first investor client. So at the time I was uh, not investing, Um, but he kind of showed me the ropes of what investing actually is. And we took a single family residence and we kind of did a full cycle BRRRR strategy. So that stands for buy, renovate, rent out, refinance, and then repeat. And so I couldn't believe that it was actually possible to do this strategy. It was only something that I heard in books and, you know, on bigger pop podcasts and stuff like that, um, bigger pockets podcasts and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, it just opened my eyes and it was kind of off to the races after that, that first initial investor client. Yeah. Yeah. Th- thank you for sharing. You know, real estate in general has so many different strategies and I think it's important to evaluate several until you decide to pick one and become an expert at it. And, and uh, tell us more what attracted you uh, to specifically commercial uh, syndication model. Yeah, so it actually, that is kind of 
further into my career, the actual commercial real estate, because once again, I saw that first birth strategy and it was a single family and residential. And okay. I was like, okay, let me try to do that. And you know, I was kind of off to the races. Uh, he kind of, what I said is sideways mentored me. And so the reason why I liked investors versus like, you know, the, the residential style of things is that, you know, I would show people their first time home buyers or even, uh, you know, their step up homes and they cared about the, uh, they cared so much about the paint colors, the the flow, the granite and stuff like that. And it was just really emotional, um, you know, the emotional selling side of things. Whereas the investor was, it was completely numbers focused. It was about return on investment. And, you know, I saw the potential to get wealthy and actually, uh, you know, jump into investing. Uh, and so that what's really kind of, uh, changed my mind about the whole entire thing and, and, and shifted my career path into more investments. So you actually uh, did not get started right away from commercial. You did uh, residential for quite some time, right? Correct. So correct. Tell us, uh, you know, uh, how, how did you transition and why did you transition anyway? There's a lot of people that genuinely interested in real estate investing and owning single family home, but it's not as easy. Uh, the process can be very tedious. It involves a lot of work. And uh, especially for somebody who has a full-time job, it could become another job. Definitely. Yeah. You nailed it right on the head for, you know, all the sakes and purposes of commercial is that scale. Um, and so one of the big factors was that on the residential side, you were responsible for everything. The landlord has to take care of the tenant. If there's a clogged toilet, if there's something broken down, you have these midnight phone calls. You also get calls from the police like I did back in the day in 2019 or 20. And I was so fed up with it. I said, I need to get into commercial real estate. And initially I was thinking about larger apartment complexes or you know maybe uh, mobile home parks or something like that, just to have that scale, to have the management taken care of. And so that was one of the biggest factors of getting into commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember, uh, you know, really well back in the day when I had a tech job, uh, I had a demanding career. I was working uh, around the clock and uh, I, I wanted to get in real estate. So I did buy one single family home in Orlando. I'm in Silicon Valley and all my projections went out of the drain. <laughs> After a few times, I tried Airbnb for almost a year. I almost ended up giving up, but then uh, luckily for me, there was multiple strategies. So I actually switched gears and decided to rent on long-term leases versus Airbnb because uh, the home that I bought uh, was in Kissimmee uh, in near Disneyland, you know, very crowded place, a lot of Airbnb homes. So I, I'm still holding on to this, to this asset, but nevertheless, you know, the amount of time that it took, you know, uh, dealing with stress and property manager and, and fixing, and then I had a bad tenant at one point, after a while, uh, I said, you know what, this is not the strategy that I want to uh, pursue. And uh, uh, originally, I thought I'll just buy 10 homes under my name. I'll buy 10 homes under my wife's name and then just enjoy cash flow and equity appreciation. And then I found out about this you know, commercial scale, like was you said, and the light bulb went on. And uh, uh, and then I, I never looked back. I ended up investing on a lot of assets and you know, left my job now. But tell us about the journey, the scale. How did you learn about this uh, uh, investing world? You know, you probably had additional mentors. You went to different uh, uh, schools uh, or uh, uh, joined masterminds. 
Yeah. So that transition from residential to commercial was a big one. And so, like I said, at the very beginning of that transition, uh, I was thinking that I would get into larger multifamilies like apartment complexes or, you know, on the residential side, some of the affordable housing um, and then also mobile home parks, because that that is a, a hot topic and a hot trend right now. Um, but it actually uh, opened my eyes to all of the commercial world. So that's retail, industrial, and then you know office space too. And actually, I landed in industrial real estate because, man, I love it so much. And it really is a passion now. And so I thought, hey, I know residential. We have a ton of residential units. Let me just transition over to the multifamily. It's a completely different world. There's so many different things, value-add strategies, financing, um, you know, asset management, different things along those lines. That that really is a big jump. And so I decided to stay local in Tulsa, Oklahoma, use my competitive edge, and then also learn this asset class, which is industrial real estate. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that, that's good. And then uh, uh, what markets are you currently uh, on? I think after a while, you probably decided to expand. Let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, uh, you don't have to invest where you are. Uh, in no, fact, no, in but case, in Silicon Valley, I don't invest anything here at all. What, what was your deciding factor and how did you overcome that fear of investing out of state, which a lot of investors do? Yeah, so I actually don't invest out of state. So I use my competitive okay. edge. Yeah. And I'm still in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Most of my assets are in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But in the next couple of years, we'll probably go to some regional players like Oklahoma City, Northwest Ar- North. West Arkansas and maybe Kansas City for industrial real estate. Okay, uh, so stay, staying local actually it, it, it is an advantage if you know the market. In certain markets, do pencil out really well. It seems like in your case, uh, you you are still finding opportunities uh, that do work out because a lot of times it's all the numbers, right? I mean, if the numbers don't pencil out, why force and push the deal just purely on appreciation, which in Silicon Valley has been the case, but. As we all know, appreciation doesn't uh, uh, go up at all times. Over time, it does go up, but we're seeing some, you know, pretty significant uh, price drops, especially on the, on the residential side. You know, 10, 20 percent is not unusual. What, what about uh, uh, the building the team? You know, being in a commercial real estate, as you know, I think it's important uh, uh, having mentors, uh, looking at uh, uh, other people. Uh, ideas and uh, picking back on the, their uh, uh, experiences as well. Tell us more about the importance, especially in commercial real estate, being able to talk to uh, other passive uh, investors uh, or, or some of the mentors. Yeah, yeah. So that that's a big factor when it comes to single family versus multifamily versus commercial. And so, you know, when it was when I was just doing single family, it was just about me. I was just serving myself. I could do basically everything. And it wasn't really that hard because the path was kind of set forward. Um, when it comes to jumping into commercial, depending on the size, uh, teamwork really is a key factor in that. And so um, that was one of the lessons that I had to learn when it comes to investing in commercial real estate, because you can really spread yourself way too thin, but you really are going to be better um, if you're just working on your strengths and you know filling in your weaknesses with your team. Um, and so just for a little bit of context, um, my team right now is uh, a leasing agent. I have an executive administrator. I have a property manager. I have a project manager. And then I kind of fill the role of acquisitions and um, 
uh, dispositions, plus then the uh, actual like asset management. So I kind of wear three hats in between, depending on the cycle of the deal. Um, but yeah, without that team, definitely could not do anything. And then also I, I do syndicate. So a lot of my passive investors, sometimes they are on the GP side. Uh, but yeah, I could not have done anything basically without those passive investors and without the team. Yeah, it's definitely team efforts, especially for larger, you know, bigger transactions. So as a passive investor, uh, we see we, we see a lot of realtors uh, that are looking uh, to invest in real estate as well. But many of them don't understand that side of the business. They don't understand the investment world. They're good at what they do, which is helping people buy or sell homes. Tell us more about, you know, why uh, should uh, uh, a, a lot of realtors consider investing in this real estate specifically for tax benefits? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, as a real estate agent, you are under the classification of reps, so real estate professional status. And basically, that means that you can deduct basically anything, unlimited deductions. So, um, investing in real estate, uh, you're able to capture depreciation. And now, with some of the tax code, like bonus depreciation and cost segregation, you're really able to, to write off majority of your income and even get into the negative with those unlimited deductions. So, you know, I, I consider a lot of the high, uh, high earning people, uh, as passive investors, the tax benefits really outweigh, uh, some of the other ones, including cash flow and different things like that. But once again, you have to find the balance, you have to find your goals. Um, and I encourage every real estate professional, uh, any real estate agent, broker, or anybody within that real estate world to look into passive investing. Um, yeah, just because it is such a powerful tool. It, it's a well-building tool. And uh, these K-1 passive losses uh, are uh, a, a, a really magical thing. If you take time to understand that, you know, obviously we're not a CPA or tax experts. We recommend that you you know, consult with somebody that knows. Actually, we do have some referrals for you if you need to uh, consult with somebody. A lot of CPAs and tax experts actually don't know about uh, real estate investing tax benefit. That is something surprising that I learned, uh, you know, along, uh, along the way. Uh, we do have quite a bit number of uh, uh, real estate uh, uh, people that are agents or brokers uh, that are investing in our deal specifically for the tax benefits so that they can offset their income and grow their wealth in, at, the, at the same time. So I think this is a very uh, important benefit that a lot of people, you know, frankly speaking, don't know uh, don't know about. Let, let's switch gears, you know, for a moment uh, uh, and talk about, you know, the, the type of investments uh, that you're currently evaluating. The market has been Kind of a roller coaster ride. We see a lot of job losses, a lot of layoffs. Uh, the interest rates are still high. Uh, what type of investments are you currently, you know, uh, focusing on? What are you seeing out there in the market? Yeah. So right now, I am purely focused on industrial real estate and mostly that local credit style tenant. So once again, I'm using my competitive edge, being local to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and getting really into the weeds and shaking people's hands, getting belly to belly uh, with industrial uh, real estate owners. And so industrial real estate on the distribution side, some of the bigger credit tenants, think Amazon, think FedEx, think you know yes. Target, all these things have really, really increased the whole entire uh, industrial real estate sector. 
Um, but what's kind of lagging behind is what I call the local credit. So this is your blue collar workers. Think of your plumbers, your HVACs, your carpenters, different things like that. They need space, almost like a glorified garage. Uh, whereas, you know, on the distribution space like Amazon, they need a completely different uh, type, type of real estate. So right now I'm really focused on what's called small bay industrial. That's local to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, that, that's an interesting asset class. In fact, we've been uh, working with uh, one of the operators uh, on a deal that uh, we've been uh, uh, evaluating for some time now. Because of the uh, supply chain issue, there's a lot of these small business uh, uh, owners deciding to keep more inventory locally uh, versus you know some of your uh, overseas uh, countries out there because it just it takes so much time to get that inventory on. So it's been it's been an interesting uh, uh, learning curve for us, and th- this sector in general is booming. Uh, the leases are are up. Uh, there's still a very little uh, uh, supply of these warehouses. In fact, some of these uh, uh, warehouses uh, Amazon is selling right now because they probably overbought to smaller type of. Uh, uh, as the small businesses, right? Uh, 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 and then we see, we see some opportunity. How did you get involved in this uh, asset class? Uh, did you just identify some kind of a trend, or do you do you know anybody who who has taught you and mentored you about this asset class? No, mostly it was the identification of the trend. And so I thought on two different fronts, one, the economical fronts of industrial real estate are, you know, when when it comes to decade long trends, I think that economically the, the industrial real estate is really poised to be a big boom. And then secondly, once again, on a personal level, I identified some other trends that I thought that I could take advantage of. And so jumping into the economical one, I think one, the rise of e-commerce is going to be huge. So right now it accommodates for about 12 to 14 percent of all sales are online people and you know I I agree with the 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 analysts that it's going to increase over time which just means that the supply chain needs to be more robust second is going to be reshoring which means that you know companies on the manufacturing side are looking to go back to uh North America that's Mexico Canada and of course America too just because uh of overseas troubles and then like congestion in the ports and the third thing is just exactly what you said which is um uh getting safety stock so guess what if an HVAC technician needs to install an HVAC and he doesn't have one, he can't actually make money. So a lot of these uh, companies actually stored up stock, and now it's part of their business model to have that space. And I think that really led to vacancies. Mm-hmm. Now, locally to Tulsa, Oklahoma, our vacancy rate is actually 2.9%, which is unheard of and actually dropped to the lowest it has ever been, which was 2.6%. So there's still limited supply. Um, and so that's that's some of the, the key drivers economically why I actually chose industrial real estate to focus on. Yeah, the, the occupancy is, uh, is not a huge factor, a risk, I should say, uh, comparing to multifamily, as you know, you know, people have one-year leases and they constantly uh, change and uh, on average I think the duration for people to stay is somewhere between two and a half and three years and people tend to move. uh, In fact right now we're in the middle of a healthcare uh, real estate fund race. I can publicly talk about it because it's 506c offering and what attracted us about this asset class is the duration of the tenant. Uh, We we have 20-year lease, triple net leases. 
where the tenant is a hospital. It's a very safe asset where they're not only paying for lease, they're also paying for uh, property taxes, insurance, uh, and all the bills associated with running this business, your uh, water, gas, and etc. Are your investments also triple net? Yeah, the majority of my industrial real estate are triple nets. And so just exactly what you said, that's what was super attractive coming from the residential world, where you know if you're investing in an apartment, you have to make sure that you take care of that toilet. You have to make sure that you turn over those and you have to repaint and re-get the kitchen and you know clean everything up. Whereas on these triple net leases, you hit it right on the head. You know All the expenses or most of the expenses should be passed through to the tenant. Um, and so it's a little bit more stable, a little bit more friendly, uh, even though you can't really capitalize on in extreme increases in rents. Uh, it's just a steady machine that just keeps going and going. But the property, look on the bright side, the property management and maintenance, I mean, <laughs> there is so much work that needs to be done on multifamily properties where it could be very lucrative because you're forcing the appreciation and, and making improvements, but at the same time, you need to pay people. Uh, you, there's labor cost and uh, material cost associated with uh, constantly increasing. Plus, it's a super competitive job market. I think the, the latest job market just came out, and uh, there's still millions of uh, open positions. Sometimes I, I wonder, is like, wh- where is everybody? <laughs> why, why, what is everybody doing? Why there are so many uh, vacancies uh, uh, of open jobs? Uh, out there uh, when you're evaluating you know uh, an opportunity as an investor what are the top three uh, questions that you ask uh, as an investor uh, when uh, when looking at different deals yeah yeah so on the very simple side and I can get kind of more detailed if you want me um the first kind of question is what is it worth right now and usually we take that on an NOI basis or the potential of NOI and the second question is what could it be worth? And so what could the NOI be? And then the third question is, what's it going to take to get in between A and B? So is it going to be a lease up? Is it going to be a big hold? Is it going to be renovations? Maybe something along those lines. So what's the headache factor? So those are kind of the three questions that I ask. Hey, listen, right now it's worth a million dollars. It could be worth $2 million, but you know that's going to take seven years and $500,000. Yeah, maybe not worth my time versus something else like on a value-add strategy. But um, yeah, it just depends on deal-to-deal basis. But that's kind of the highest overview that I usually look. Those are the three questions that I ask myself. Yeah, thank you. So when you're relating, you've done multifamily, you've done industrial, maybe you can also share your experience in terms of, you know, what are the major differences here uh, when it comes to, you know, a business plan, projected returns? Are these still three to five-year holds with about 15 to 20%? projected returns is it more is it less yeah it just depends on you know the the style and you know where we're at and if it's a buy and hold if it's a sale lease back if it's something along those lines i would say that i usually project out 5 to 7 years i lean on the side of of buy and hold than you know just flipping or you know uh, shorter shorter durations and so um what i i like about industrial it's kind of a hate love is that we you we really rely on local banks here to, to tulsa um and so there isn't a fannie or freddie or you know there isn't uh institute uh, not institutional money but uh government you know backed uh money for industrial until you get into the very large sizes and so uh, using local banks, they usually have five to seven year holds. And so that's what we usually kind of go for. Um, and so 
the average return is still yet to kind of happen um, because it just depends on the deal. So I'll just kind of share a quick one so you get a flavor of that. So uh, we just bought uh, recently, maybe in December, a couple months ago, a sale leaseback. So we bought a property um, from the owner. The owner wanted to stay in it, and so they leased back a property. Uh, you know, the owner became the uh, the tenant. And so that was cash flowing from day one. And so we can't really expect a big value add plan. So that was more steady. That was just kind of mailbox money that we we really liked versus a, a deal that we're potentially pursuing right now is a huge value add. We have to do a big renovation to it. We have to, um, you know, re- renovate all the offices, do the exterior and, uh, you know, have a, have a longer lease up period. So that one is going to be closer to 20, 25% internal rate of return over the next four or five years. Um, but you know, the first, the first year is going to be a pretty large, uh, a sprint to, to make it, um, uh, to that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's a very similar to what I've probably been seeing and others as well. So there could be equity, there could be some appreciation with equity or cash flow, or, or could be a hybrid, where it's a combination of both. It just depends on uh, investor uh, preference, right? So, and you can get more uh, uh, deeper by reviewing the deal uh, when it becomes. Uh, Available as a as a passive investor, you know we all have different journeys. We all have different you know preferences. Some people would like to be passive. Some of them actually uh, transition to active, and there could be a hybrid role as well. Well, I I tried that uh, single family home. I did I did, I can't call it a, it's a fiasco, but I'm still holding <laughs> this asset. It did appreciate it well, but as an investor, I realized that I'm not good at managing these properties, even with the <laughs> property managers, and the cash flow was so little that mm-hmm. I could not justify continuing buying more. So I decided to switch mm-hmm. gears and uh, uh, move into commercial uh, 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 space. And then since then, I quit my job. Uh, is that what you do full-time? Uh, you're a full-time uh, investor and help others uh, invest as well? Yes, yes. So uh, I'm full-time. I transitioned in 2019 to uh, invest just straight investment. So I don't even do brokerage that much anymore. So um, every now and then I do. Uh, but yeah, like I mentioned before, it, it's mostly the the path of syndication, the path of uh, helping people invest passively in industrial real estate and using my competitive edge. So yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, thank you so much, Dan, for being able to uh, join and share your journey, share your knowledge in the industrial and working with uh, uh, other investors uh, uh, and realtors. Anything else you would like to add as we wrap up. Yeah, yeah. So the best way to connect with me is my website, which is www.darrenhuang.com. And so that's D-E-R-E-N-H-U-A-N-G. You can do two things. You can immediately book a time on a call with me and just get into my schedule, or you can sign up for a free gift on my newsletter and uh, get access to exclusive deals from there. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Darren. If anybody is interested in uh, uh, reviewing uh, the checklist of questions, what to ask as you evaluate uh, commercial real estate investment opportunities, we have a 101 question passive investor guide as well. Uh, You can also join our investor club. Thank you so much, Darren, for taking uh, the time uh, to connect. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Mind podcast. We hope the content today Fill your mind and your heart with the desire to build the life you deserve. If you haven't done so already, please do us a favor and kindly like and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future impactful episodes. 
If you like what you heard and want to see more Wealthy Mind content and be notified about upcoming passive investment opportunities, please visit our website at www.wealthymindinvestments.com and join our investor club. You can also follow us on social media channels as we are on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Thank you for your time and happy investing.